Welcome to the Loan with Jen podcast, your weekly source to keep you informed on everything about financing your home, where you will hear real facts, no BS. I'm your host, Jennifer Hernandez, a loan officer since 1995, and over 4,300 families financed to date. If you're starting to think about buying or refinancing a home, wonder if you have the right credit, savings, or even income, you're in the right place. On my weekly episodes, I make complicated topics easy to understand. By the way, my license is NMLS 514497. The ideas expressed here are my own opinions and don't represent any legal advice. Thanks for joining. Let's jump in. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Loan with Jen podcast. Whether you're listening to us where you listen or whether you're watching us on YouTube, we have a treat for you today and it's all about condos, condominiums. And I have our very own legacy. Uh, I work at Legacy Mutual Mortgage and Chelsea Stevens. Chelsea, thank you for joining us today. Chelsea has been in the mortgage business. I just found this out about you. I didn't know. Almost as long as I have. I have you beat by one year. So 1996, mm-hmm. she got in. I was 1995. And Chelsea, you've been a processor. Tell mm-hmm. us about all your experience so that we can give you some credibility. Yeah. So I in 96, I started out as a processor assistant, um, you know, just helping processors. And I, you know, the only job I don't think I've held in mortgage is in the product development field. I've underwritten, I've audited, I've closed. Um, I've my specialty has been property for the last, I guess. 12 or 13 years where I've, you know, reviewed appraisals and helped approve condominiums. That's been my specialty for about the last 12 or 13 years of my 20, 20 plus year career, um, really diving into condos. Yeah. Condos and appraisals have been my niche for a while now. Um, I worked for DHI, DR Horton, um, and that's where I got into appraisal review and condominium approval. Um, and that's where I really honed my skills, um, there with them, with the, the collateral review. So that is what we are talking today. So Loan with Jen, thank you for for tuning in wherever you watch or listen to us. So my goal is everything mortgage education, real facts, no BS. So this episode is the no BS version of condominiums. So I didn't, I kind of prepped Chelsea before, but I I went over some, so this is all unscripted y'all, but she is major expert. Uh, and I know a thing or two. So between the two of us, the goal here of when you're watching or listening is that you understand that condominiums are just different. So I want to just start Chelsea on why do underwriters even care about all these questions about a condominium? Why are they different? Give us just the Reader's Digest quick version of that. Sure. You know, so condos, they're different, you know, agencies, your your FHA, your Fannie Mae, your Freddie Mac, your VA, they look at them differently simply because they're different because of how they're governed, how they're ruled. Your neighbor in a condo has a lot of influence on how your home is, is run, how you can, what you can do with your home, how your, your repairs are done with your home, how your um, dues are spent. 
Um, so, you know, with a regular single family residence, you know, you pay your mortgage, you repair your roof when it's needed. Um, you know, you handle that situation, but in a condominium, it's really done by committee. Um, and sometimes it's not done well. And, you know, whether or not it's taken care of isn't always handled the way it should be. And that can affect if you pay your mortgage, it can affect whether or not it's rented, whether or not you can sell it. So, you know, lenders want to make sure that they're covered before they, they start lending out if, you know, this is going to be a good loan, if this property is well maintained. So there's a lot of due diligence that lenders have to do just to make sure that it's a well-maintained property. And that's- Yeah, in summary, like the condo, everything is riding on that HOA or homeowners association. And like you said, I've, I've served on two homeowners association boards, not for condos, but just in general. Mm-hmm. And the board is making the decisions on behalf of the community. And what if you have a bad apple? What if What if one of the board members is, you know- Mm-hmm. not have the best interest in heart. And so everything is riding on how the decisions are made, how the reserves are. My my favorite thing to tell buyers is like, listen, you've got to pay attention to the reserves and does the community have money mm-hmm. after and above their monthly expenses sure. save for a rainy day. If we have another freeze or there's another Harvey or, you know, there's capital improvements that need to be done. So let's talk about what are some of the basic, what are the top five deal killers that you see the most of? Cause the questionnaire has like 25 questions. Like it's, yeah. a, it's you know, quite a bit, but what are the top five that you would sure. say? So with the new guidance that was kind of spit out in January from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the you know number one new deal killer is you know communities not having recent inspections. Um, you know, with the the project that collapsed in Florida, and you know, sadly, tragically, people lost their lives. Um, you know, and this kind of circles back to how properties are managed. That property was not managed well, and it was not taken care of well and people lost their lives. Yes, exactly. Um, So with Fannie and Freddie, they, they decided they were going to require lenders to rep and warrant the safety of the, the projects. And, you know, the number one question now on those questionnaires is, has the community had a recent inspection? Recent meaning in the last, you know, four to five years. And if your answer is no, we've not been able to move forward with those loans simply because we as lenders can't rep and warrant the safety and structural stability of that project. So that's that's been the number one deal killer in this last year. Um, you know, saving that, you know, you talked about reserves, Jen, not having that rainy day fund is huge, you know, Um, A lot of projects here in Texas where we don't get freezes like what happened, you know, very recently. And so properties weren't equipped to deal with snow because they just didn't have that in their reserves. So not having that required reserve in their budget has been an issue. Um, You know, properties being litigation that's comes up where, you know, if it doesn't meet an agency allowable 
litigation issue that's come up as well. Okay, let's um, dig into that. Yes. Kenny on my team just called you today and did. we did, it will not be named on this podcast, but we did several, uh, we, we did a few in this project and now one of our clients is trying to sell Mm-hmm. and it's fully sold, you know, and he's now like three or four years later going to sell and he can't sell it because yes. that questionnaire was filled out. And it, the, one of the big questions is, is there litigation on in existence? Mm-hmm. The answer was yes. Mm-hmm. And so you're really good about, we got to get why if it's just a neighbor against another neighbor because their fence is broken or whatever, like no big deal. But when it's the integrity of the building structure, like there's a huge lawsuit against this builder about the integrity of the build. Yeah. That's a, that's a deal breaker, right? Like that's That's a no go. Yeah. That's an immediate deal killer. If you, you know, your HOA or, you know, the community is, is going back to the builder and saying you did not build this property it's structurally unsound. It's not safe. You know, construction defects is an immediate deal killer for any of the agencies. Um, You know, they do not want us lending in projects that are not safe. Um, And so, you know, all of it, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, they all speak to construction defects as an immediate, please don't proceed. Um, You know, slip and falls, you know, things that are minor matters, like you said, neighbors suing neighbors because they're loud or if the HOA is having to foreclose on someone, those are minor matters. But if someone, you know, was impacted by dying because of a um, something that the HOA did or, you know, construction defects, those are definitely we're not proceeding with those. Oh, my God. I'm I'm, I'm like depressed now. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. <laughs> but let's talk about actually let's talk about um let's talk about actually one of the biggest myths that some people realtors uh and buyers alone don't realize so they think it used to be in the old days you'll remember this that it had to be owner occupied by this large I think it used to be like what 70% meaning mm-hmm. that for Every, that 70% of the units had to be occupied by owners, meaning only 30% or less rentals. Right. Well, that's not the case anymore, right? No. Yeah. You're, you're so tell correct. us about, tell us the good news about that. So if you're buying it as a primary. Yes. If you're buying it as a primary, your occupancy really doesn't matter. If yeah, it could be like 20%, it doesn't exactly. matter. Right. Okay. The, 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 I guess the logic behind that is that, you're improving the owner occupancy. If you're doing that um, as your primary residence, you're improving the owner occupancy of that sub, you know, that subject um, complex. And so you're improving that. And so if you're, subject property, which you're purchasing, you're purchasing that as your owner occupancy, you're going to live there. Owner occupancy does not matter. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. However, However, if you're buying an investment property or it if, it's your, if it's second home too, right? Like if it's a vacation, if it's a, if it's second home, we do have some leeway. They do kind of look at second homes a little more favorably than rentals because okay. in, you know, in a real world situation, your second home is your second home. You're not renting that out. Okay. Um, but if it is investment, then it does matter what the owner occupancy of that subject complex and it's, is. 
50% now? 50%. Okay. Mm-hmm. And again, just to repeat, for those of you listening and you're like, what the heck does this mean? It means that of all the, let's say there's 10 units because it's easy math. Yes. So if there's 10 units in the whole complex uh, and you're buying it as an investment, no more than five, 50% can be rented out. It means there needs to be a 50% owner occupancy in the community. And just to repeat, if you're buying it as a primary residence, it doesn't matter. All bets are, all bets are off. So cool. Um, so let's go over a couple other deal killers. I know there's a couple that we haven't gotten to yet. So tell us about, and I'm leading you into this because I know what they are. Um, what about, uh, insurance? We've seen a lot of properties that the insurance is trying to save money and they're pooling Mm -hmm. together with 10 other properties around the country, like not even in Houston. Tell us about that. So that is, that makes your, your property ineligible. Um, you know, Fannie and Freddie, do not want you, you, and when I say you, I'm speaking of, you know, HOAs in general, yeah. in general um, pooling or having un- multiple unaffiliated properties covered on one um, master policy. Um, they, Fannie Mae actually rewrote their guidelines a few years back specifically calling out that that makes that project ineligible. And the reason behind that is, you know, what if there's a catastrophic event in one of them that kills that policy? What about the other ones that it's covered under? Um, So, you know, it does not benefit your community to you know, you may think, oh, we're saving money here, but in the long run, you know, you've you've now become ineligible for the mainstream Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. I mean, FHA also has wording as well. Um, so you've you know, you've got you've you've killed your ability to use those agencies as financing. And then in the event of some catastrophic catastrophic event you know, then you have an issue with your insurance as well. So you may think that your premium is, you know, pocket friendly, but in the long run, does it really help your community? Something to to chew on, you know, if that's something your HOA is thinking about doing. Yeah, it's it's something that the average homeowner doesn't even think about. So another one is percent dues delinquent. Do you have this come up very often where more than 15% of the HOA dues are more than 30 days past due? You know, it used to come up a lot. Um, it, I have not seen it recently, but it does here Poke and there. Come up. Yeah, it will come up, um, you know, and they, the, what, how it looks is, you know, if they're not paying their dues, right, how are, firstly, are, if they're not paying their dues, how are they collecting their funds to deal with things, right? If everyone's past due. Deferred maintenance. Dues. Yeah, they exactly. can't they can't keep up normal amenities. Yeah, right. they can get behind. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they if they're not collecting their dues, they can't keep up with normal amenities, much less keeping up with extras that may or may not come up. And um, so, you know, there's, there's that issue. And then what's the foreclosure rate going to be if the people aren't even paying their main dues, you know, the, it's just a trickle effect. If they're not paying their dues, how well maintained is that property? It seems yeah. like it's a trickle effect 
when you have a high delinquency of HOA dues, generally, what does that project look like? It's usually goes hand in hand with not a well-maintained property. So what's another one that I might have left out that you kind of see often? I know there's one or two more. You know, we um, dis- so we discussed litigation, we discussed budget, we discussed insurance. Um, you know, uh, those are really the high points um, that we're seeing. And really, the, the new guidelines are really the ones that are just really hammering our ability to to close the loans at this time. And it's, it's really hard. It's really frustrating because, you know, it's not something that we're used to seeing. We're not used to seeing HOAs get inspections, um, but that's something that is definitely coming up that we're just not having. You know, I, I luckily on the ones that I've done, cause I finance probably one or two condos a month. You do, you know, at least we have quite a few in Houston and I haven't luckily knock on wood had that come up. Um, and so even if it's not a high rise, it's a big deal. Like even if it's just a regular one or two story. Yeah. Unfortunately, the agencies have not differentiated between, you know, 50 stories and two. Okay. Um, it's, it's something that the, you know, everyone's kind of pushing back a little bit and saying, you know, what's the risk really in a two story versus a 50, I can see a high rise being more um, of a risk than a two story. Why are they treated the same? And I think it's something that they're thinking through, but at this time there's just not been um, that discussion or that, you know, kind of waver um, just yet, unfortunately. So one other that I'll mention, it doesn't come up often, but I've had it happen is where there's not fidelity bond insurance. And most people yeah. are like, what the heck is that? Yeah. <laughs> so tell us, and, and it has to do with HOA and it's an mm-hmm. extra, it's not homeowners, it's not insurance if the building burns down, but fidelity bond, like what is that? Yeah. So Fidelity, uh, thanks for bringing that up. Fidelity is, uh, it, it, it ensures the money that's in the, the HOA's control. So, you know, I'm Jenny, what's a doodle and I work for the HOA and I get a wild hair and I decide I'm going to Vegas, you know, yeah, you're a bad employee or, it yeah. pro- but it protects the board members as well. What if you get a shady board member in exactly. there? That's not, so if let's say the homeowners, where this comes into play is that let's say the homeowners sue someone on the board because they're, I don't know, making stupid decisions, right? Mm-hmm. So it protects the HOA and the board members against criminal activity, right? From a yeah. Yes. So there's 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 the protection of the uh, homeowners. There's protection for the homeowners. Uh, in your instance, there's protection if the, one of the board members goes rogue. There's protection for criminal um, uh, cyber crime. There's very le- there's levels of um, protection for that fidelity. And each agency requires a certain percentage of fidelity, what they deem a required amount. Um, and a lot of time, and, you know, I, I think it can get spendy. And so for your smaller communities, it might be more than what they feel like they can afford. Um, so getting it increased sometimes is difficult. Um, if they, if they're not able to, if they have to go to, to a board meeting to do it and they're not scheduled to do that for a while, that's actually been a, a hurdle, 
Um, well, I can't increase it till we go to a board meeting and we don't have a board meeting for six months, you know? Um, so that is actually will come up as an issue having that fidelity requirement. So, so I will say, I want to just kind of wrap it up with the process that we go through. And, and by the way, if you're listening, uh, even if you end up not buying a condo, the diligence really is the same or should be the same on a single family. I one time bought into a single family neighborhood and had no idea that they are running on fumes, that the developer was mm-hmm. not, I mean, he was in it for himself, not, you know, and he didn't set up the do the, the bylaws correctly and we weren't allowed to accumulate reserves. Well, lots it come later, we got to do all these capital improvements and we didn't have enough money. So, I mean, looking at the budget and looking at the bylaws really yeah. is, is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that people don't think about Yeah, and, and definitely participate, whether you live in a single family neighborhood or condo, like go to the meetings, hear mm-hmm. what's going on. It's the only way that you're going to be able to kind of have a voice. Yeah. Um, but Okay. Out of that rant, because I encourage everybody, because I've been on the board and then people complain and I'm like, yeah, well, get involved. And then you can, you know, mm-hmm. tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Just I didn't say that, but I thought it. Um, my camera is acting weird today. Um, but basically what we do when we get a contract for, and it's a condo. Now, by the way, this whole check doesn't have to happen on a townhouse Right. And why is that? Why is, I mean, townhouses have HOAs. Why is it not as thorough as a condo? Mm-hmm. I've always wondered that. You know, with a condominium, you are in that ownership with your other teammates, if you want to call that. And with townhomes, you're not, you know, you own the dirt down and the dirt up in your townhome situation. You have more control of your own. Yeah. Your destiny. own destiny. Absolutely. But there's common area. So there is common areas and that does come into play. It's similar, like you were discussing with your, um, you know, your PUDs where you have common areas that you have to deal with, but it's not as inclusive as a condominium. Um, yeah. It's not as close knit. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we get, I mean, this is how I do it. I don't know how other lenders do it, but when we know it's a condo, we immediately try to get the HOA. Now I got to tell you, HOAs are just a different, Mm -hmm. different breed. Some are fast and some are not. Mostly they're not. And especially now that there's more questions, the question about the integrity and the inspection and all that has really thrown HOAs for a loop. So they've got to consult their attorneys and this and that. And when you start talking about liability issues, so condo questionnaires don't just, they don't just appear in two days. Like it's usually like we're getting a 10 to 14 day average turn time. So just know that it's really important to have a really good lender that knows condos and, you know, cause not all listing agents know condos. And so it makes it a little difficult, but when we get a good real, realtor listing agent that understands condos, it's great because they help us. And, um, but the point is we get the condo questionnaire. Uh, we have to send our own lender questionnaire to the HOA directly that they have to fill out. And then we get that back and then that's where Chelsea comes in. So we have a Chelsea, not everybody does, but Chelsea is great about turning that as quick as she can. I would say 
like 48 hours, maybe. Yeah, about 48, yeah. yeah, about 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes there's questions. So she'll review it and then she'll say, Oh, what about this? There's a lawsuit. Get me info. What's it about? Who's the plaintiff? Who's the this? Who's the that? And that takes another day to get it. And then she's got to review it again. So, I mean, just know that condos, it can take some time. I mean, a 30 day closing can be tight, really Mm -hmm. like tight. So, um, but, but I just wanted the listeners and watcher viewers really to just understand why, which I think you did a great job of explaining that and that there's just some complexity to it. And having a really good knowledgeable lender is more important than ever. So ask your lender, like, how many condos have you done? Do you do a lot of condos? Cause it really does make a difference. Um, and there's a lot of them that have total success and it's not a problem, but when it is a problem, you want to be able to move quickly. Now, there are lenders out there that do what's called a non-warrantable condo where it can have some of these problems that we've gone over and they kind of turn a blind eye to a lot of them. Um, but you usually got to put a budge down. So not everybody can do that. I mean, if you're doing three or 5% down, like you may not be able to have that alternate program available, you know? Um, well, Chelsea, is there anything that I've left out that you think people should know about condominiums? You know, I think you hit the nail on the head that with your, your condominiums, you know, your process is going to be a little different than if you're buying a single family residence. So just know that your lender has a little extra due diligence that they're yeah have to do. Um, so expect the expectation is that it might be a little bit longer than you're used to with the process. Um, so be upfront about that and know that it's not us being, you know, weird about it. It's just that we're doing our due diligence to be able to say to whomever we send this to, yeah, we've wrapped and warranted this one. Um, and you saying be involved is so huge because I can't tell you, you know, how many times I've heard, well, I had no idea in my governing docs that I can't do X, Y, Z. Yeah. You got to read. It's right. It's 150 pages. Like who wants to read that stuff? It's like snooze arama. It is. Like I didn't even read mine. I mean, I got blindsided too. I mean, I, even know better. And I didn't read them on that neighborhood that I moved into, but anyway. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to put some information in the notes, some, some resources. I've got some other videos about condos uh, on my YouTube channel and some resources, but, um, I'll even read, I'll even put a, a link in there of what a condo questionnaire looks like, like what questions are there's like 20, five or so questions. So um, I'll put some resources in there. Chelsea, thanks for being with us today. Uh, Thank thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Loan with Jen, everything real facts, no BS. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Loan with Jen podcast. Keep joining me each week to stay up to date on the mortgage industry as I'll dive into relevant topics so your home financing process, whether you're buying or refinancing, is smooth and simple. If you enjoyed today, please click follow and that way you'll never miss an episode. To find us on social media, just go to Loan with Jen on any of the social media handles, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in this week for Real Facts, No BS. Talk soon.